Do you live in one of these 10 cities where the cost of living is skyrocketing? This is the Focus Group. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Hey, welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett. And that music is something's going on there. Focusgroupradio.com is where you need to go to check out all the platforms are on, both video and audio. We want to thank you uh, for listening to Unbuttoned, if you're downloading and listening to that. That's available on Tuesdays, and that's about a 20-minute audio podcast. Tim and I tackle three topics they range from business to LGBT matters to politics. We're a little less, we're a little more political on Unbutton than we are on the focus group, I think, right? Yeah, a little more pop culture. A little more pop culture. Yes. Uh, so we have a great show. Welcome to the end of November. We hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, a safe Thanksgiving, and good travel. And I was just admiring Tim's uh, blue shirt, and you announced that this came from The Gap. It's an old Gap shirt, yeah. Well, so I have my approved blue per... Paul. Paul and Mass and, <laughs> and uh, Mark and Carl down in Rehoboth. So, they, you know, they told me to wear the blue. But um, I, I was trying to wear something that uh, would complement what you had on today because I don't have my blazer with me. Well, we'll talk about them in a second. But Gap is returned to advertising that reminds me of the Gap swing. Have you seen any of the new Gap ads? I haven't, and that would be good news. They messed up when they changed that, I think. So there, it's like a, they do these big production numbers where everybody's singing and dancing, and I'm staring at it, and I'm thinking, this reminds me of some of your favorite Gap Yeah, stuff. the brand that really screwed up was Crew. Oof. And, uh, you know, Mickey Drexler, who was from Gap fame. Whiz kid. Banana, right. And I never thought him to be a whiz kid because he screwed up Gap. He screwed up Banana when they decided to not hem pants. And then they went to J. Crew, which was really just affordable preppy clothing, khakis and polos, and then brought in, and I forget what her name is, the tall, skinny one that became the designer there, and um, totally ruined the brand. The stuff got way too expensive. Yeah. And Who they're both that? out of the company. And uh, I saw some the, some of the new uh, J. Crew commercials are atrocious. I don't know if you've I seen, seen them; they're horrible ones. But the Gap ones caught my eye because at first I thought that I was watching a Target ad. You know how Target mm. did a lot of colorful music stuff, and then I realized no, it was a Gap ad. So someone realized that they could go back to that well and connect with their consumers through it that. Took them twenty years. Hey, we want to thank uh, John and Garrett in the booth. The boys in the booth. We have John on audio, video, and we have Garrett on audio. I'm looking at one and saying the other's name. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. Have you, did you have a good holiday? Yeah, how about yourself? Very good. We had a very good holiday. Very good. Us too. How about you, Garrett? Yeah, it was fine. You know, yeah, yeah. typical holiday. But, but, but now Garrett and I are laughing because we want to avoid everything Christmas until we can get to the new year. <laughs> Well, and look at Tim. Tim's, be able to like, avoid it. Tim's like John. You're like you like this stuff, right? I like the I like the idea of the the happiness around the holiday, but I hate the shopping part of it and all that nonsense. Well, thankfully, I don't know how your families operate, but my mother finally said, "No gifts. We're done. We're all adults. Everybody's old enough. You have." We did the pick out of the hat. Yeah, we do that too. So we to buy, is that like a so secret Santa? Per, everybody yeah, gets so one. I have to buy one. I have to buy one thing. But I do feel guilty, and I still always get something from my mom, mom and dad. And my mother always breaks the rules. Right, uh, mom, if my mom's listening, she breaks the rules. She goes out and gets something from my brother and I, but does not do it during the gift exchange time because she doesn't want to get caught. <laughs> so, 
So let's talk about my blazer. So Jenna. Well, anyway, I want to remember that woman's name from Crew is Jenna something. It's going to kill me that I don't know the name. Maybe See, uh, maybe, maybe the boys will, could look it up. We'll look it up. The old designer at the Gap. Yeah. So um, we, we, you and I have talked a lot about if you're going to have one piece of essential clothing for men, whether you want to dress it up or dress it down, the most important thing is a blue blazer. Yes. So we've got Peter Millar, who's. Uh, uh, joining us for the show. Here for the show, and you've got on one of the blazers. And before I forget, um, they're running a special offer. If you go to Peter Millar, P E T E R M A M I L L A R dot com slash focus, and John, if you have to actually do that on your browser, there's a surprise there. You'll, you'll see that they've branded their page with the Focus Group logo. So it's petermillar dot com slash focus. Right. And um, if you do that. And you order, you're going to get like a handsome little travel kit with you, and I think free shipping as well. So I'm wearing a, a, a blazer called the Excursionist, and I've had it for a few months now. It is my favorite piece of. There we see, they actually branded the page with our, our logo on That's it. That's up there. There we are. Yeah, and you got and nice so, and I think it's really cool. It's like kind of personal. So this is one of these blazers I love because it's hard to see on the camera because it's all blue, but it's got a ton of pockets. It's comfortable. It fits perfectly. It's made of great Italian wool. It hangs, like if it gets wrinkled, it hangs out pretty nicely. It hasn't been, I don't really like dry cleaning. No. So I'll just hang it in the closet. It relaxes. It looks great. And you could dress this up with anything. Today I'm wearing a sweater. I'm, I'm casual John today. Right? Casual John today? Did you pick that out, that whole outfit together? I did. Yeah. Oh, you sound so surprised. <laughs> I don't know. I'm surprised to see you in something dark. You usually wear light colors. Well, anyway, uh, and you, you got a great shirt you had on last time we were plaid, talking yeah. with Peter Millar, and I have a plaid shirt on, but the plaid shirt they sent me has some green in it, and it would go transparent if, if I was uh, wearing it. But, again, we urge you to visit uh, petermillar.com slash focus, and John has it up here on the video. You'll see our logo, and uh, if you order from them, I would recommend The Excursionist at least give it a shot because it's a really, really great, great blazer. It's now the blue blazer in my closet. You know, I only like having one of I everything. Know. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of the little black dress, right? Yeah. So if for, for guys, you need to have a blue blazer. I hope you boys in the booth have blue blazers. Do you? Yeah, I've got a blue blazer. Definitely not. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Garrett, are you kidding me? You do not have a blue blazer? I didn't. I don't even have uh, my own suit. Like I have pieces that yeah. I collected from people that didn't want them anymore, kind of thing. Sounds like you need to go to Peter Millar. I do. dot <laughs> com slash focus. <laughs> we'll have to talk offline, Gary. You look like you're about my size. I probably have a few things I could send oh, you. Away. See, this God. is how I work. <laughs> universe provides. <laughs> the universe. You ask, and the universe gives back. And also, it was uh, Jenna Lyons. Jenna Lyons. I kept Jenna saying Lyons Jenna Wolf. Okay, so. It was Jenna Wolf, Jenna Lyons. Big thanks again to Peter Millar for providing us with these beautiful blazers. This, this is the I'm Wearing the Excursionist. And uh, again, go to petermillar.com slash focus. Do some shopping. And you'll get a free leather travel caddy with, I think, free shipping, too, if you buy a certain amount of clothing. But you'll definitely get the, the, the travel caddy. So there we go. Perfect. Boom. They have a great. They also have a great college group. If you're a, a member of a college who went to a big school, not like the little school I went to, Marietta. They're not making things like from Harvard or Yale. But if you went to an Ivy or you went to one of the Big Ten schools, they also have a great line of collegiate clothing too, which I think is pretty cool. So you had a good Thanksgiving. I had a nice Thanksgiving. I was up in Connecticut, where the pass is still present, as I always <laughs> say, and um, it was cold, and we had turkey, and we did the traditional Thanksgiving. My mom did not make as much. As before, and you and I have talked about this. I last year because I could see where my mom was a bit overwhelmed with doing all the cooking. Is I I offered to bring stuff. She always says no, but I I talked her into letting me bring the pies. 
So I, I brought a pumpkin pie and an apple pie that I got at Costco. And by the way, folks, they're about this big. They're enormous for they're, they're big. And they're five ninety nine a piece. I think the apples the apple apples nine ninety nine and the and the pumpkins five ninety nine. You can't make it for five ninety nine. And I brought it home the first year. My dad said perfectly, as a husband who's been married for fifty some years, love your cooking. There's nothing love your apple pies and love your pumpkin pie, but this is pretty darn good. So my mom's like, I don't have to make pie anymore. That's fine. So I brought the pies up again, and and uh, and you you had the pumpkin pie. Bob, I remember watching Bob eat it. Like after the fourth forkful, there's a pause, and he said, "Tim's right. It's like yeah. one of the best pumpkin pies I've ever had." I don't know what they do, and how they make they it for four ninety nine or five ninety nine. It's 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 like two pies. It's so big. And when I went to Costco the Monday before Thanksgiving to pick up some stuff and I got the pie, I, I saw a woman carrying the pie, but I couldn't find the pie. So I'm like, where'd you get this? And she said, oh, there's a case over here with the pies. How could you not find them? Well, they were. it was this big high back thing and it was facing a wall and you had to okay. walk around. And it was kind of crazy. Well, yeah, I was kind of, I thought they'd be stacked everywhere. I thought they'd no, be no, bringing no, them out only, on forklifts. Nope, nope, nope. But they had in a special section and so she... She jokingly said, she goes, my kids told me I don't, you know, I don't have to make pies. This is the pie they want. And then she walked away. And it was just like what happened with your family. Now, they had a, a pecan or pecan pie there as well, which I've never yeah, the, tried. In, yeah, and the Yonkers Costco had Did it. Did you try it? You know, I was curious about it. Did you it's find one the... of my favorite pies, by the way. That Maybe is we'll have to get all one sugar. That, you know, a pecan pie is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, you get, did you get to find the cauliflower that I told they you? I didn't have it. Mm. Top to bottom, I in fact we'll I have asked, to get you one. I have it. to ask somebody. And they said no, no, and they didn't have the olives we normally get either. Like Bob gets this olive medley, and they didn't. Yeah, that is a problem a little bit with Costco when they change the supplier uh, or something. Just catch can, right? Move on. It was like what was what did we always say? Trader Joe's, the Marshalls of food. If you see it once, you better buy. it. Forget it because Aldi's it's the same be one. There again, Aldi does the same thing. Really? Yeah. Sometimes Aldi has product, and you're like, wow, and you go back and like, now nah, that was a one shot deal. Aldi one time had schnappers. Oh, they did. And they were dirt cheap. And I bought a bunch of schnappers. I went back like several weeks later. I said, Do you still? Oh, no, no, no. That that was a one shot thing. That was like, what do you call schnappers? Aren't they snappers? Schnappers. Are they schnappers? They're snappers, but I like You schnappers. like schnappers? That, that's, that's like very Philly, Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Pittsburgh. What do you want, right? Schnapper. Like a schnapper turtle? All right. So what caught your eye? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Speaking of baked goods, I don't know if this is baked goods, but this caught my eye. I saw the article out of CNN. It says, Saudi entrepreneur and Amish farmers bring camel milk to the USA. Would you drink camel milk? You know, after I took a sneak peek at what you're going to talk about, I, th I think I might. But before I knew that, I'm not so sure. Would you, would you guys do camel milk? Yep. I'll try it. Why not? <laughs> Yeah. So they say people in the Middle East have been drinking it for thousands of years. And uh, there was a kid who was a student, uh, Abdul Wahab, and he's from Saudi Arabia. And he was working on a, a class for school and out in California and, wanted, and was noticing all kind of the health conscious um, ways uh, people out there were living more so than other parts of the country. And everybody was looking for the next great alternative. So he wondered about, can I? is there a product I could bring in that I know of that would work in the U.S. that had health benefits beyond, um, beyond the obvious? And so he, he settled on camel milk. And so he started looking for camels in the U.S. and he couldn't find any. 
but he did find them all on a bunch of Mennonite and Amish farms. Mennonite and Amish farms. In Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Missouri. So do you know why they'd have camels? No. So the Amish were raising the camels to uh, lease them to zoos and circuses and churches for the nativity scenes in December. So you lease a, lease a camel for about 1500 Wait, 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 wait. The only reason they had them was to basically put them out for rent yeah. at Christmas time. Most camels in the United States live on Amish and Mennonite farms. Amish and Mennonite farmers breed and sell the camels upwards to $25,000 each to zoos and also will lease them to churches for nativity scenes at $1,200 a month to <laughs> put in front of the church with little baby Jesus. Christmas time. It's Amish. So, so the Amish have to figure, they had to figure that the cost of keeping the camel, maintaining the camel, yeah. feeding it, was somehow cheaper than the money they made renting it out for the nativity scenes. It must be a money maker. The nativity money thing maker. must be a money the maker. The Amish don't do anything unless you make coin. I mean, you, oh. homes are beautiful. Yeah. So the um, <laughs> homes are beautiful. I like that slide in. Their homes are beautiful. They said 36% of the Americans over the age of 10 are lactose intolerant and unable to break down the sugar in milk. And camel milk doesn't have the same issues. No, no. In fact, most adults should not be drinking milk. Right. Yeah, for children, no problem. But yeah. So they said camel milk is mild and slightly sweeter and saltier than cow milk. And so they said that this is really a, a uh, alternative to milk. It doesn't have all the negative benefits, as you mentioned, um, for the health conscious people. They talk about how uh, camel's milk could help to control diabetes, improve the uh, symptoms of autism, and also combat some forms of cancer. This is what some studies say. There's a chart up there if you're watching the Yeah, video. so Tim put a chart up if you're listening, uh, and it has a whole bunch of stuff. So it prevents autoimmune disorders, beneficially, it's beneficial to increasing blood circulation, lowers the risk of arteriosclerosis or heart attacks, Helps in reducing allergy reactions, stimulates yeah. growth and development of bones and, and organs. Sounds like I should, it should reverse our Miracle age. Cream. We should start drinking camel's milk and go back to being 40, right, or 30. So there's a couple things, though. Camels will not produce milk unless their babies are around. So you have to keep the families together. Okay. You can use the same milking machines as the cows. That's convenient. The Mennonites and the Amish like it. So Abdul started Desert Farms, and he went around to a bunch of these little small farms in Amish territories, as I said, in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Missouri. But he said um, the Amish didn't want anything written. They didn't want any contracts to be bound to. They also don't have any phones. So you'd have to go to a community phone box to make a call into the farms <laughs> to get deals done. He said, he said most of the relationships were built on trust. He said it was a lot like Islam and that both cultures had this um, issue about trust and relationship rather than this written contract. He said he'd been invited to a number of weddings and funerals and noticed the similarities between Amish and Mennonites and Islam. He said in the Amish homes, there's no depictions of Jesus or Mary. They don't associate in images with God and believe wearing crosses or other symbols is a sin. I didn't realize that. that Neither did I. That, that this is all news to me, yeah. and, and it is a parallel with how, um, how Muslim is, faith right. is about depicting the prophet, etc. So quickly, how much do you think a gallon? So the the, the camel well, milk market's um, projected you, to be a fifteen billion dollar business by twenty twenty two. And is there a premium you're paying for camel milk? Well, I was going to ask you, what would you pay? All right. So a gallon of milk is what these days, like. Uh, 
259 or is am I I don't buy milk so it's hard for me to say um, but I would peg this at about four something a gallon higher mm-hmm Six. Keep going. You boys want to guess how much it is for a gallon of camel milk? I looked it up already. Oh, you did. Oh, well, yeah. go ahead. Tell us. What is it? It's twenty dollars a pint. Yeah. Ooh. Eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars. They said here. Yeah, on oh. Amazon here is twenty dollars. You a can pint. buy. You can. Wait, 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 Garrett. You get that from Amazon? No. Yeah. They send it in dry ice, frozen. And they're also doing powder now. They're bringing powder in from Africa, and they said fourteen pints. And the powder form will cost you $74. They said, by, contract, cows, uh, by contrast, cow's milk is around 6 or $7 a gallon. Oh, I was even I was way off on the gallon. For, wow. No, I pay like three fifty at the grocery store yeah, for a okay. gallon of milk. They're going to start doing a baby formula now. They're calling it the Ferrari of formulas for the little babies. <laughs> but anyway, this kid started this desert farm thing, and they said that they expected to really... Uh, really pick up but he's so he's decided to consolidate business so with the one amish farm he found mennonite farm um i'm sorry missouri that uses electricity and cell phones he said it was easier for him to work with a, a group he could talk to directly so let's say let's say they reached out to you and they said we need a team tim and john we want to help we want you to help us market camel's milk at that price point so let, you and I are sitting in a meeting, and they're going through. Here's what it costs. Here's the. We have a powdered version. We have this, this, and this. How would you tell a client that their product? That's a real specialty at that price point. I mean, if they if that had been eight dollars a gallon, as opposed to like three fifty or something. Eh, okay, I have health benefits, whatever. But wow, I think it has. I think it probably has a lot to do with what the packaging. My guess is what the packaging looks like. And the cachet of it, similar to when people say, "Do you really need to spend five dollars for a cup of coffee at Starbucks?" Go to get the same thing for a dollar or fifty cents. But yeah, it becomes a very much a um, luxury item at that point. I mean, for a, buy. A, for a pint at twenty bucks, I mean, who's gonna? You know, I, I could get. I mean, Garrett told me you get, get a get bottle of whiskey. Amazon. I mean, and, and what an elaborate way of having it shipped, right? Frozen on dry ice. Yeah. Like now, it's this precious. Thing. Who would you like a? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, my what caught my eye was different, um, and it comes to us from Australia, and the headline reads: Instead of her vows, a bride read out her cheating fiance's texts. Now I love this. When I saw this, I I just thought this was something else. All right. So an Australian bride to be delivered this savage kill shot to her boyfriend of six years. Okay. So they're getting ready to get married. After receiving some scandalous news hours before she was due to tie the knot. So she says, I was hanging out with my best friends in a glitzy hotel room drinking champagne. This is right before the wedding. The, literally right before. Hours. Yeah, hours. My phone buzzed from across the room. And I, she'd sashayed over to get her phone with her, her champagne glass. Everybody's laughing. And she said the message was a series of screenshots from a number she did not recognize. And the accompanying message simply said, I wouldn't marry him. Will you? The screenshot showed a number of texts that Casey's, the woman Casey's fiance Alex, had sent to another woman, some of them from months ago, others just a few days earlier, all time stamped. Wow. Here's one of his texts to this other woman Your body is effing incredible, and do you know how to use it, Red One? Yeah. I wish my GF had the skills you do. So here's the bride-to-be reading, I wish my GF had the skills you do. Another stated, I can't stop thinking about LSFing you. And then it said, the article says, which is somewhat ambiguous, admittedly, but definitely sounds kinky. So what is LS? 
I'm guessing it's licking, sucking, and then ls ls fing you. Yeah, I think they're separate things. L l comma s comma fing you. She's broken to tears. Her friends insisted she should cancel the wedding, but she said no. I was going to go ahead with the wedding expected, and it, she wanted to out him in front of her friends and family. So she recalls the moment she's walking down the aisle in her wedding dress. She arrives oh at the altar. My God. And turning to face everyone, she lifts the veil, she drops the flowers, and there's the phone in her hand. And she says, there will be no wedding today, she announced. It seems Alex is not who I thought he was. Casey then began to read every single depraved and deviant little thing that Alex had sent to this other girl. She read every is single... Is there a video, I hope? <laughs> I didn't even think of looking for this. Right? Wouldn't that be great? That would have been great. Um, the groom, Alex, as this is happening, gets whiter and like blanches, loses all color to his face. And he basically just walked out of the chapel with the best man in tow. Well, you know his buddies knew. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm guessing they had to. Right? So she said there will be no wedding reception, but instead there will be a celebration of honesty, finding true love, and following your heart even when it hurts. Then apparently everyone kind of partied. So they, they, she, she kept the reception and they had a big party. Well, they paid for it, right? At yeah. that point, you can't cancel the food. Can you imagine? So my guess is that the girlfriend, this guy was the side car, or whatever you want to call the, the, maybe did not even know that he was getting married. Because you, you think about this, like well, she knew he was getting married because she sent it to the bride to let her know how she got the number, how anybody figured this right. There's that there's that little mystery loophole of who actually was the one that took the screenshots and sent them over. Of course, the screenshots could have come from his phone. I don't know. How, they didn't explain that in the article. I'm, I'm surprised she had that. Uh, I, I think it would be clarity. Yeah, <laughs> clarity is the word I'm looking for because most people I would think would be devastated to find this out an hour before you're walking down the aisle. And, and you've got everybody there. You're doing hair. You're getting dressed. And especially after six years, when your groom says, "I wish my GF, my girlfriend, had half the skills you do." What? That is like the biggest slap in the face, right? You're getting married, and you're accusing your wife to be of not even being anything close to what you're getting. Getting on the side, which is, whoa. Yeah, so I agree with you. Uh, Casey, the woman here, she definitely deserves, like, big gold star and a, a, a real groom for the future who really so That's the kind of stuff you hear about that they talk about, like, you would want to hear in a movie or something. But that's real life. <laughs> the one that I always thought was odd was, and I might get it wrong, but wasn't isn't that... An odd wedding story when Jerry Seinfeld met his wife at the gym here. She had just got married that weekend, and he met her on a Monday. Say so she got married on Saturday. And then she meets he met her on a Monday, and she left her husband to go with him. Ooh. Are they still together? Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine? Wow. What do you do if you're that guy? And nobody talks about the poor guy that got, you know, jilted by Jerry's wife, right? A friend of mine was on his honeymoon, and the wife left him. She snuck out of the window at the hotel. And uh, oh, you're a friend of yours, yeah, a friend of mine from college. Hilarious story. They got in a fight. He had he had bought something. She, you know, they were drinking. He ended up buying something he didn't. She didn't want him to buy or whatever. She gets mad at him. She locks herself in the bathroom. They were drinking. She ends up crawling out of the bathroom. They, I don't know how she got back. She got back to Pennsylvania, 
and goes in with the parents. And he finishes out the honeymoon. I was like, I can't believe you stayed down there because we paid for it. I stayed. So he stayed for the remainder of the honeymoon at the hotel, gets home. She's living with her parents. The parents are like, you need to go live with your husband. You, you, you need to get out of here. She eventually went over to live with them. They're since divorced. But he tells a story. <laughs> Wait, they're since divorced. Dun, dun. But he tells a story at parties as if, it, and everybody looks at him like, are you kidding me? My wife crawled out the bathroom She left window. him. She crawled out the window and left him on the honeymoon. Went back home. Wow. Wow. <laughs> now. Then he stays. That's what I think is the best part. He goes, well, I paid for it. By the way, do, do you not agree with him, though? Like, I, there's a part of me that, that really, like, what are you going to do? Get on the plane? <laughs> They're in a foreign country. Like, well, they couldn't have been in a foreign. They country. were like in Turks and Caicos or something. Oh, oh, I would have stayed in Turks and Caicos. That's. And he's. She must have had a credit. I mean, she got out of there, flew home. She. Oh my God! What did she get out of the window with? Like, who knows? Air shorts. Tell us a story. To hear him tell the story is really quite comical. Jeez. But, you know. All right. What are you gonna do? Business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. He's 89 today. And alive. And alive. Okay. <laughs> Born November 28th, 1929. Known professionally as Barry Gordy Jr., but his real name is Barry Gordy III. American record executive, record producer, songwriter, film producer, and television producer. He's best known as the founder of Motown Records and its subsidiaries. It was also the, he was at the time, or the company was at the time, the highest earning African-American business for decades. So Gordy had, uh, he had, he had founded Motown Records. He had wanted to call it initially Tammy Records, but Debbie Reynolds had done a song called Tammy, and they couldn't do that. This was back in the late 50s. So somehow the name was locked into that. Right, and so they did Tamla Records, and then he, with the convincing of Smokey Robinson from the Miracles, which was his first group, they had created Motown Records. He started it with $800 from family that he uh, he started the company with. The Miracles were his first um, first stars in the label. Songs like Shop Around and You Really Got a Hold on Me. And then uh, he incorporated Motown in 1960, brought on the Marvelettes and uh, other acts over the years, such as the Supremes, Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, The Commodores, Gladys Knight, and the Pips, the Four Tops, Martha and the Vandellas, Stevie Wonder, Jackson 5. Can you imagine? Well, just some of those names alone are some of the biggest grossing acts in history, right? Like yep. the, the giants. They said, interestingly enough, that they said he had a, he had a, um, a real knack for um, identifying acts and making sure that they um, were perfectly positioned within the public image, the way they dressed, the way they acted, the way they interviewed. He really spent a lot of time in the back end for them. Grooming. 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 Right. And they said he did did also have some, uh, he did hire on or sign on some white acts, but he mostly concentrated on African-American artists. And uh, they said really was a slave to their public image. He sold he sold his interest in Motown Records. I was surprised in 1988 for only 61 million dollars. That seems Which like didn't sound uh, like anything. Sixty-one million, sixty-one million. But you you can imagine if the Jackson Five alone, considering the, what that songbook yeah. would, would be, they said, and and people kind of scratched their head about it, and they said the true test, however, the label's worth would come a few years later when Polygram paid over three hundred and thirty million for the catalog. So 
Oh my, okay. An 8080 sells it for 61. Not many years later, it sold for 330 million. So I don't know what that was about. That's um, almost five, five point two times. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and and then um, he's he spoke at a he spoke at Michael Jackson's funeral. I thought this was funny. He suggested that the king of pop was perhaps not the best description for Jackson, in light of all his his achievements, referring to him instead as the greatest entertainer that ever lived. And Gordy also had a daughter with Diana Ross. I didn't realize I didn't that. I know that. No, her name is Rhonda Suzanne. And uh, he had an affair with Diana Ross from 65 through 70. But uh, talk about an iconic American brand or company with, uh, with Motown Records, right? So happy birthday, Barry Gordy. That's very cool. That is very cool. And he's still, and he's 89, you said? 89. Well, yeah, I hope he's in Detroit. Well, I hope he makes it to 99, right? I mean, and, and in good health, that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah. But he's brought a lot of great music and acts to the world, right? Yeah, and he's been. They, they, he was given uh, all kinds of awards, given the uh, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, he got in a. What, what's the highest honor the president can give? Oh, the Freedom, the Medal of Freedom. Yeah, uh, Obama had given him that for what he did to American for American music, and so. But I, I agree, that's well earned. You know, one of those things, 800 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, right? Yeah, and then sixty-one million. Then he didn't get it. He had a gut. He had a gut. He was smart. He had had a gut. And he had the smartest idea. person in the world. And I think with my gut, it was a lot of words. Yeah, I got, I got all the words you need. I know all the words. Went to an Ivy League school. I know words. <laughs> hey, as many of you know, our partner here on the Focus Group is Deep Discount. Arr, Sharky the Shark. And the puppet will be making. Ah, oh, thank you, John. If you're watching on video, that we have a, a great animation that John does. Uh, visit focusgroupradio.com and click on the shark logo and then start your shopping. And that's how we get credit for uh, our partnership. And it's the Black Friday and Cyber Week sale, which basically means go crazy at deepdiscount.com. A couple things. A listener emailed me and asked me about the midnight special. Right. And uh, I sent him back the links on Deep Discount. And then he sent a note back saying, and he goes, 11 discs. You know, <laughs> it was only 50-some dollars, like yeah. an incredible deal. And I just reread the all the acts. That was a great recommendation. But it's Cyber, uh, Cyber Week sale, Black Friday and Cyber Week for all this week. So go start shopping. Check out some stuff. We have some recommendations for you. Um, would you like to kick off? Yeah. So, uh, th- of course, um, we, recommend you, we, right, we recommend you go there for DVDs or even uh, vinyl and so forth. But they also have a whole section of other things, whether it's apparel or games and so forth. And this past weekend, I had, watching all this craziness about the border. <laughs> yeah. And then in talking to some friends, and Richard in particular. Richard's horrible with a map. My, my uh, okay. So, and they said, I think 60% of the Americans cannot identify the Mexico border. That's true. Something, some crazy number. So a couple years ago, I had bought a puzzle of the United States where each state has, has, you know, a little cutout and you got to put the puzzle together. Because when I tried to explain to Richard, I lived in Oregon, I lived in Minnesota, he had no idea. These all were. I said, we're going to get a puzzle. And I got him a puzzle for his birthday and made him sit and put the puzzle together. And I said, if you could put it together faster than me, I'll get you, you know, a prize, whatever it would be. Of course, he can't do it. it took him hours. <laughs> but you knew because you know the, the states. Puzzle together. Yeah, the you states. know where the states are. Because we learned in seventh grade in geography. So anyway, there's a a, a, um, a link. It's uh, the Masterpieces Educational USA Map uh, Map Puzzle. It's only sixty pieces, 
and it's less than ten dollars. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! It just came out, and uh, it just came out in October. What? I love the fact that it's sixty pieces, but we're fifty states. We're fifty states. Well, here's the issue. So, like New England, maybe one chunk because you're not going to get a little Rhode Island, a little, a little Connecticut, you know, a little New right? Hampshire. Right. So, in Virginia, would probably have Maryland and yeah. Okay, I get it. it might have some things. Maybe you broke up Texas into two pieces. California might be two pieces. Two pieces. Right. Okay. But I, I think it's important to know. Where the states are and where the borders are. How much they charge for this? So it's it's uh, eight ninety eight. You save a dollar, but uh, I love the idea of the puzzle, and uh, we still have it at the house. And I bring it out at parties. <laughs> I want to be at a party where the geography quiz and starts. I think I that is what again. That is what I want to be. Well, remembered. It remembered you and I've talked about it. Mr. Mudry used to do this, and Kent Stitt was the best when we were in seventh grade. But he would say at the end of every class, last five minutes, to the map. And there was a map of the U.S. and a map of the world, and he would just call out places, and you had to point. And if you didn't get it right, John Moodry, like Minnesota, Texas. Tim is talking about Haiti. a teacher that that actually ended up teaching in Middlebury, my yeah. my town, because we were joint. Our towns were regionalized for school, and Moodry was the one that took my mom aside one day, and he said, "You know, Carol, your son can't spell. <laughs> it's going to be a big problem." So he gave me this tutor thing it was a round disc that cards went in and I had to and I, the word would pop up and I had to spell it and I had to do that for a year and I am a terrific speller now thanks to John Moodry so you got geography I got spelling I was in fifth grade we took a field trip to his room to see penny loafers yeah he used to wear <laughs> he used penny, to penny loafers and he put the pennies in yeah. the but so I laugh about it because <laughs> if you got up to that map and you didn't know the states you're humiliated and I just assumed every kid had that experience so that's I picked the map of the US excellent puzzle. all right this pick comes to us from our good friend Lauren at Deep Discount. And I want that. I, this is for you. Oh, okay. Thank okay, you. so hello, Lauren and John. Uh, Lauren and John watch all the time, and Lauren works at Deep Discount. She's in marketing. She's one of the heads of marketing. She sent me a note the other day, and she said, Have you seen Scotty? The movie's called Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. It is a documentary about a man named Scotty Bowers, and is based on his book that came out a couple years ago called Full Service about all the secret lives of Hollywood. And this guy, Scotty, used to work at a gas station near the studios. And he met Walter Pigeon one day. <laughs> Walter Pigeon drove in, fill, fill her up, and then they ended up hitting it off. And uh, Scotty, let's just say it this way, he's been with some of Hollywood's great men and some of Hollywood's greatest ladies. Is it a documentary? Yes, it's for you. So <laughs> you, it's your turn to you watch it. it. Let me tell you how Lauren set this up. And why we had to throw it in the, the Blu-ray player as quickly as we could. She said, she gets it. And she said, I got Scotty. <laughs> and about, I don't know, maybe it was like six hours later, loved Scotty. All caps, loved it. And then she said, hints of Grey Gardens. Yeah, I know. The minute you hear Grey Gardens, you, you want to. The documentary is, it moves it's fascinating. He says some stuff that makes your head spin. And he's an eccentric character. Really? It's kind of like a, it's a different version of Little Edie and Big Edie in some ways, but he is very, very funny. Is he in his house? He has multiple houses. He also saves everything. He's kind of a hoarder. You're going to love it. Oh, I, so God, I, I everybody, wait. I highly recommend a movie called Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. It is, in fact, on deep discount. Well, it's on the screen. I, I, it's based on, the, it's, it's about Scotty Bowers. Are you surprised anybody he had sex with? Yes, yes, Who surprised yes. I'm surprised Okay, so one of the things he says right off the bat is he, someone, he mentions Charles Lawton. 
Now, Charles Lawton is a is a classic, you know, movie character. He's played villains. He's played the heavy. Um, and in the movie, he he the in, off camera they ask him what Charles Lawton liked doing, and he answers so quickly, your head spins, and you're like, what? and he, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just say he that he was forthcoming. He was extremely forthcoming, but he kept no written. He he believed in the secrecy and the privacy of the Hollywood set, and the only time he wrote about any of this is when they're all dead. And there's a scene in the movie where they show him signing his book, Full Service, and some guy comes up and goes, hey, "You know, you're ruining." How dare you do this? You're ruining the memory of these people. He's like, they're not here. They're not here. You know, he talked about Kate Hepburn right. and her marriage to Spencer Tracy and how that kind of might have been artificial. Be Wasn't there a rumor she was a lesbian? Yep. Yep. And I think it might be true. Or pants. <laughs> Slacks. All right. And uh, the, what was the new release? The new release this week is a movie called Sharp Objects. I paid attention to it because um, Amy Adams is stars in the movie, and I happen to like her a great deal. But I'll read the description. Fresh out of therapy for her tendencies towards self-harm, damaged crime reporter Camille Preaker, played by Amy Adams, draws the duty of returning to her small Missouri hometown to cover the slayings of two young girls. Her fitful reunion with her imperious socialite mother, Patricia Clarkson, who was on Six Feet Under, she played um, the mother's sister, uh, stokes a fateful confrontation with the demons of her past. Um, so she cut her? I I think that's implied, yeah. yeah. Because when you say self harm, you know, it's so the movie is called uh, Sharp Objects. It's available on Blu ray and you know, I like dramas like this, so I, I think that might be an interesting one. But well, perfect. So, so head on over to uh, focusgroupradio.com and click on the deep discount logo. Um, I recommended getting the USA map puzzle. <laughs> I love it. Even saying all it. sixty pieces for fifty right. states. And John, John recommends through Lauren and John, Lauren, yeah, Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. And the new release this week is Sharp Objects on Blu-ray. Thanks, Deep Discount. Look at I just have to look at him, and he knows what to do. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks for hanging with us. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Salvation Army. This time of year, everyone's ringing that bell. Kettle. The kettle. And then uh, after that, we're going to uh, see if you live in one of the states where costs are skyrocketing, or cities. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Brought to you by the Volkswagen Tiguan. Visit VW.com to learn more. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. FocusGroupRadio.com has all the information about the show, so please visit. And if you're there, by all means, click on the deep discount logo and check out what Sharky the Shark has during our minor break. I made Tim laugh with some of the Hollywood dirt, which I'm not going to reveal because you need to get the movie Scotty. Scotty. I told him some of the stuff, and he just goes, really? Like, yeah, there, there's some eye-opening stuff in there. All right. Tim sent me two articles that uh, kind of triangulate a problem that the Salvation Army's having and will probably continue to have until they do a very simple thing. Apologize. Yeah, apologize. Um, if... You are a member of the LGBT community. You probably know that uh, the Salvation Army for many years has not exactly been friendly to the community in terms of their hiring practices. Um, well, they're so it's a church. Yeah, I never thought I never church. thought of it that way, but yeah, it's it's a they're, church. Um, 
they're anti-LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. They always were. They they fought against gay marriage. They think gay marriage is abnormal. It wasn't God's will. Um, right. For society, they were linked to ex-gay therapy and were supportive of the conversion therapy. Um, they didn't support the Safe Schools Initiative, which was the anti-LGBTQ bullying uh, efforts. And the biggest one that's going on now, and this just happened in New York, is that for the trans community or trans people, they weren't letting them come in for either um, homeless or the, the substance abuse clinics as who they identified as. They would put them through very humiliating physical uh, exams, and if you presented or if you identified as female, One gender, you but still you, were yeah. born with the other, and, uh, and then they wouldn't allow you in. And so what they've decided to do is they've told their bell ringers, don't get in any discussions about LGBTQ issues and don't get in any sort of um, no President debates. Trump. Right. Oh, no, yeah. And then they were going to talk about um, they hired a PR firm and they've updated their site a little bit to say that they were accepting mm-hmm. light, I guess, and never really went far enough. Well, what the, the, uh, it says here in one of these articles, the religious charity has come under fire in the United States over the past decade for their atrocious record on LGBT rights, as Tim just outlined. To attempt to stem the ongoing outrage over the group's previous stances on LGBT issues, they start a public relations campaign, as Tim just said, to deny that they are anti-LGBT while never acknowledging their history. In short, they're trying to sweep this under the pa- uh, their past under the rug when they could end the whole thing by simply apologizing and promising to do better. Right. Now, you know, I read that line, and that came up in a couple articles, not written by the same person, by the way. The apology thing came up a lot, and I thought to myself, it's the simplest thing to do, but not so simple with this bunch, because they're stuck in the middle between trying to raise money for the charity and the far right, who believes that they should, in fact, be out there ringing the bell saying things about... Wants them to go full steam ahead. And actually, in Indiana, they just showed that uh, there's a bunch of white nationalists that are ringing the bells in Indiana. So there's a voucher. So there's a group that started this. I believe they're out of New York. So there's a voucher, and we have it if you're you're watching here on video, um, that they're recommending people print out. And there it is there. I don't know if if we can get a call. Oh, I was was hard to read that, actually. um, But it's basically, I'm, I'm 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 not supporting this organization until they stop discriminating against the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. But it's a nice way of just, because someone has to open the kettle, and if all those things are stuffed in there, then... So we'll post that voucher at Focus Group Radio, uh, I'm sorry, at our Facebook page, which is Focus Group uh, Radio. We'll put the voucher there, and if I'm going to print them out, because I see them everywhere, these bell ringers. And you just walk up and you just put it in the little kettle, and as you said, the kettles are locked, so somebody at the end of the day has to take out these vouchers, and essentially says... You know, until you stop discriminating against LGBTQ people, um, I'm not going to be supportive of what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I almost feel like putting a two, attach, stapling a $2 bill to the voucher and writing on the bill, too bad it's not as queer as a three. <laughs> <laughs> too bad it's not a $3 bill. So we have a, we have a call from, uh, from Billy. Do you have a, 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 um, a thought on the Salvation Army, Billy? Uh, yes, it is that time of the year again for that delightful bell. <laughs> uh, well, you know I'm up to my no good again. I take the uh, free condoms from the bars, like in Provincetown, and just slide them right into that old bucket on the way past. <laughs> Billy, do you really do that? Yes, I do, John. Tim, I, I'm 
I'm bad that way. I love it. I don't know, Billy. I think that's very clever. That's very, Now, also, I want to say that Billy sent us a nice note after um, Aunt Barbara was on. And, Billy, I have to agree with you. I thought you did great when you called in. But Aunt Barbara is such a presence that it's hard to not get kind of tongue-tied around her because she's Aunt Barbara. Yeah. I, I have a couple of mutual car friends that know her, you know, professionally and on the cuff in Long Island, and they adore her. <laughs> Yeah, she's great. So, so how did you get the idea of putting the free condoms in the kettle? Because that would not cross my mind, and I think it's very clever. Well, you know, my brain is Abby normal, so, <laughs> I, so I just, one day I just got fed up, and I had the old left, you know, expired condoms, mind you. I'm, I'm being politically correct. And when I walk past them, and they're like, Merry Christmas, and usually it's some toothless <laughs> hag, I just... Slip it in there, and they think it's money. <laughs> we have to wrap it in a voucher now. Oh, my God, Billy. I could, Billy. I, I could see Tim doing this, too. I, I see the evil grin. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a bell ringer that drives me crazy because she's not even outside. She's in the store, which I don't think is right. She got. You have to be out in the cold if you're going to ring that bell. Now, by the way, there's a lot to unpack with the way Billy says certain things. Like when he said, you know, because I'm Abby Normal, he, you referenced one of my favorite comedies of all time, which is, of course, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Whose brain did you steal? Abby. Abby who? Abby Normal. Uh, you know, I, I worked in radio long enough to, to get Abby Normal. <laughs> hey, I worked for Cousin Brucey, so that wears right off on you. You Cousin did. Brucey. The studio was right down from ours at OutQ. He was right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, I won't say anything on air. <laughs> <laughs> and a true diplomat to boot. Did you have a good holiday, Billy? Nah, it was kind of lackluster. I just did a diner thing and, you know, low profile this year. What diner did you go? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I saw you post something about the Lee Diner. Oh, uh, Liberty Diner. It's up in Liberty, New York. They're a nice Greek diner. and you know. I know the Liberty Diner. Liberty was on Route 17. I would pass through that on my way to Binghamton where I went to school. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I know the Liberty Diner. I, we used to stop there. I love the Liberty funny. Diner. Well, thanks for your call, Billy. Yes. Uh, keep those uh, condoms ready in your pocket. That's a great idea. Know. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Keep those expired. <laughs> yeah, get the ones that have the nice things from the bars in New York or Provincetown, because I got some wild ones. <laughs> well, I'm excited now. This I'm going to go read idea. I know I've got some Very good around. idea. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy. I'll catch you before Christmas. Okay. Later. So, All right, so, so they're trying to whitewash the fact that there's still anti... And, and thanks to Billy, we now have another method right. of, of expressing your displeasure at... Don't throw, those used, don't throw those expired condoms away. <laughs> Put, Put them in the, the red kettle. Save them for that time Salvation of year. Army kettle. So there you go. There you go. So um, we're going to take a quick break. As I said, we'll post that voucher at... Uh, focus group radio on the uh, facebook page if anybody wants to print it out we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh, john found this shop talk it says 10 cities where the cost of living is skyrocketing and that's surprising they are surprising so uh we'll go through those when we get back stay with us Brought to you by the seven-seater volkswagen atlas life's as big as you make it visit bw.com to learn more Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. And in business a week, I got more money and I know what to do with. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. Herrera Rocher. He is doing well. Welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. FocusGroupRadio.com is all you need to know about the show. 
done. It almost feels like, like when we were on our uh, satellite radio platform, we had all these things we had to say about the time and the this central and, and eastern. But in the, world of, in the world of time shifting, all you need is a URL. Focusgroupradio.com. Yeah, that's I Everything guess is all right. there. So at the start of the broadcast, I teased a story that came out of Business Insider, and it was 10 U.S. cities where the cost of living is skyrocketing. Uh, the data comes from GoBankingRates.com, and they surveyed 5,000 people uh, in August across the country to come up with the data. And basically what they're seeing is, and the, what surprised Tim and uh, me and Tim the most, is that the cities where the cost of living is skyrocketing are not what you would suspect. And in fact, the states that are even more expensive to live in now than they were a year or two ago are even surprising to me compared to the East Coast. In fact, some of the states you would normally associate or cities with skyrocketing prices or high cost of living are not on this list, which was really an eye It was shocking to me. So on the on the first, so they they said the survey did a fifty thirty twenty rule, which was fifty percent of your income for necessities. Heard of this before, by the way? Yeah, thirty percent for non essentials and twenty percent towards savings. And they said in most cities, the income needed to live comfortably is higher than the median median household income. And so they went through renters in these thirteen states initially before we get to the cities, and they said these thirteen states are spending more than fifty percent of their income on necessities. And I was shocked because the most expensive one was Delaware. And that's the state, right? Yeah. Right. The state of Delaware is the most expensive in terms of um, when they're comparing the necessities you would need to live 62% on. 62% of, of that ratio that Tim talked about, the, the 50-30-20, right. 62% replaces the 50. That's the crazy part. That's your, you know, your essential. Then I started to think about it. And as you know, I, I go to Delaware a bit and I go to the grocery store all the time. And I have noticed, now I don't know if it's because it's a resort area, but it is out on, on the main county, Route 1. I'm not at the beach. And... Things are a dollar, dollar fifty more than they are in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So I wondered because, for instance, the chickens. You know, you get those roasted chickens. They're four ninety nine everywhere. They're five ninety nine there. Uh, dog foods a dollar fifty more. And that that fits Greens, into what they're saying about the, the fourteen or twenty percent increase. Yeah, that one surprised me. Other states that were. Uh, People feel squeezed. Again, the second one down, New Mexico, third, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, West Virginia, Maine was a bit of a surprise. Now, as I'm reading these, these numbers are getting closer as we get to the bottom. North Dakota, Alabama, Florida, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Kentucky is barely on the list because 51 of that 50 30 20 ratio the 51 percent was with the kentucky but that was a head scratcher to me because these are all states you'd think would be cheaper to live in north dakota yeah no i was i was surprised by that list and not to be outdone by the the reverse which are the most i i guess the least where you would right where renters are spending less than 40 percent of their income on necessities and the best one is Massachusetts. Massachusetts, which everybody complains about the cost. So that 50-30-20 ratio for Massachusetts, instead of 50% of your income going to these uh, necessities. necessities, only 32% goes to it. Yeah. And the next one down is Wyoming and then New York. Shock. 32%. New Hampshire. Nevada. Nevada actually kind of makes sense for me. South Dakota. It makes sense. Colorado is a bit of a surprise. Washington, Alaska, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Virginia, and then Montana. So then after they looked at the states that were people were feeling squeezed in or states that you actually could 
you know, you had more money to spend on other things because your necessities were more than handily covered. They did a list of 10 cities where the prices are soaring. And, uh, and it's like only in the last year or two, these numbers have really creeped up. So Tim put this together in reverse order. So number 10. Number 10 was San Antonio. So San Antonio, Texas. And they said that an income of 46000 uh, and change likely met your needs in 2017. But with a 27% increase, you now would need $58,504. What's notable about that? is let's say someone who's making 46000 a year gets a standard raise. 2%, 3%. That doesn't come anywhere near no. putting you up at 58000 So now you've got a real, it's a little pain threshold. The next one, number nine, is Wichita, Kansas. The income needed to live comfortably in 2017 was 43000 and some change. In 2018, that jumped to 55000 27% higher. One so year, one year. More, so another yeah. 1000 a month. Uh, and uh, where is that coming from? You, yeah. you don't grow on a tree, right? Number eight was Sacramento, California. And uh, that went from 56000 in 2017 with a 27% increase to 72000 and change. Sacra did you, uh, hey, did, did you, I, what was the one that, what was Sacramento the picture you had with the guy? Sacramento? No. You had the pink flamingos. There's one. I, there's one. Columbus. I because oh, there, there's one I that caught my eye because you know it's it's yeah. Well, I did flesh. that for you. Yeah, you <laughs> Seven is Virginia Beach, Virginia. I did that for you too. If you're watching, <laughs> it's someone in a bikini where the Darth famous. I think this is. How do you find the? Did you type in Virginia Beach and you find you a typed picture? Typed in Virginia Beach, tacky. <laughs> I think that's what came up. You know, I don't. You want to be a little character on Tim's shoulder when he googles. Like, how you come up with these search strings is beyond me. Well, I tried, and I made sure it was Virginia Beach, which it is. And then I, but yeah, I just took random pictures of whatever would come up through Google. And it's Google a picture search. of a woman on the beach with a bikini top on, and she's wearing a Darth Vader very helmet. White. She's very, well, she's probably wearing SPF 50, well I Well endowed, I think. So Virginia Beach, uh, in 2017, you needed 52000 to live comfortably. 28% increase later, you now need 67000 right. to live comfortably. Unbelievable. And Next then, up. And then we keep going. Number six, Fort Worth, Texas. So there's a lot of Texas. We, we have a big audience in Texas. So Texas surprised me. There's a lot of Texas cities on here. Number six is Fort Worth, Texas. Went from 53000 to 68000 It jumped 29%. Think about that. 29%. <laughs> I love the graphic you found. Fort Worth, please don't refer to us as Dallas. <laughs> Okay, number five is again in Texas, Arlington. 2017, you needed 46,000. In 2018, you need 60,000, a 31% increase in one year. $14,000 increase. That's uh, that outrageous. Yeah. Number four is Fresno, California. They also had a 31% jump from 44,000 to 58,000. And what does Tim put up? Since if you're listening on audio, there's a picture of an abandoned strip motel. I, I typed in Fresno, California, and that popped up. That popped up when you typed you know, in you Fresno? You know, you do a random Google search of images. And you click on images? And then I, yeah, then I, whatever. I was like, I'm gonna, that's what I did with this. So that's why it's just so out of this character. This is how you shop on Deep Discount, too. Yeah. You'll go, to, you'll go 10 pages in. But I thought that's Fresno. <laughs> All right, number three, and Tim picked this, this picture for, for me, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and, and what does Tim put up for Columbus? It's a picture of something called Club Columbus, a private men's sauna. And there's a, a buff young man with that typical towel behind his neck, naked, hairless. I thought the skyline looked nice. 
Skyline looks great, and if the club had a view of that, you know, I'd, well, I'd take either view. So, so that came up in a bunch of uh, Ohio State cheerleaders. Really? So I, I picked this one instead. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, you. I, I don't mind, you know. No one minds TNA, I suppose, and sex sells, and this guy selling Columbus. But Columbus was, in 2017, 44000 a year. It jumped 31% to 58000 in 2018. Amazing. And number two... With a 34% increase from 54000 to 73000 almost $20,000, Austin, Texas. That one shocked me because Texas, again, the whole, all the Texas cities on this list surprised big, me because it's, so, it's always increase. been so affordable. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know what Ted Cruz is doing. And so then Tim puts up here in the, in the, the, the graphic deck a picture of what looks like a pink King Kong outside a bingo parlor. Yeah. And some kid is off to the right with a bicycle. I don't... Did you just type in Austin? Yeah. Austin, Texas. <laughs> Images. It's funny what shows. What was and uh, last but one? not least, uh, the most expensive would be uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Income needed to live comfortably in 2017 was 49000 And according to Go Banking Rates, who put this data together, this number has jumped to 67000 which is a 36% increase in the cost of necessities. What surprised us about this list of cities, it's not the usual suspects. I think if you just ask somebody, you would say San Francisco, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, D.C. I was expecting to see that, yeah. You know, uh, Denver, you'd expect that sort of stuff, but you wouldn't expect Arlington, Texas, or some of these other locations, Austin, Texas, for instance. Now, Wichita. I wonder if um, in between 27 and 2018, no, it can't be. I was wondering if the cost of heating fuel... Like when you think of necessities, it's food, right? And I said, do they put gasoline in there? Do they well, put- gas fuel prices have gone down, but I, I do know food. Food appears to, and this is just my little anecdotal thing of shopping in Pennsylvania and shopping Delaware. in Delaware. Even though Delaware has no tax, the there are things in in Delaware that I'm spending a dollar to a dollar fifty more for the same item that I would get in PA. I don't, I I can't figure that out. You know. And and that happens. That could also be a weird thing about Manhattan. And this is just this is going to be a weird one. But in our old neighborhood, we I could tell you that a dozen eggs cost a certain amount of money when we moved uptown, which is not exactly in the real in in real terms. We moved maybe a mile or two uptown. Right. <laughs> eggs are half the price. Hmm. Why? Location. Is, is it easier to get the eggs to our neighborhood? <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's so I wonder if that's also plays a, a role like. But as you said, on your trip to Delaware, you're on a main thoroughfare. You're probably going by a normal shopping plaza. It's yeah. not like I'm going to the giant food store mm-hmm. and, the, and the same company owns the giant in Delaware that owns the giant in Pennsylvania. And that's and I thought, well, maybe it's because of its its location. But there's a there's far more grocery stores in Delaware than there are where I live in PA. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out, but I was mad. Chickens went up a dollar. So they're five ninety nine for a roasted chicken there versus four ninety nine in PA. Do you know that um, whenever I see the roasted chicken, if, if I'm like upstate, I'll go to the, the grocery store upstate, and if I see roasted chicken, Bob will sometimes say to me, why are you looking at this? I'm like, because it costs the same. I can't make a roasted chicken for four ninety nine. I couldn't. If I bought chicken breast or chicken tenders, it would be more money than the roasted chicken. So it's actually a great deal. Don't you get them? I always get the. I love roasted. Why would Bob say why you're looking at them? There, in his mind, there's something about a premium that we're paying for having it cooked. Who knows? Who knows? 
I know, I know the world I live in, right? Well, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's already got the candelabra dabras out. Oh, are you all? Oh, did you start decorating? Yep. Are you having two trees this year in the in the apartment? Yes. Okay. So um, there's in the city we have John's science fiction tree, which is my tree that I can't touch. I'm allowed to press the buttons on the ornaments because they're all. Mine, but I can't decorate. Is this all Star Wars, Star Trek, or what? It's is all it? Hallmark ornaments that are Star Wars, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, Forbidden Planet. There's all these. We have tons, of, and they all the ornaments talk, and Darth Vader breathes, and the Death Star shoots a beam, and the Any Planet of the Apes on there. You know, I would love to find a good Doctor Zayas ornament, right? Like Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, and then there's Bob's has a little tree. So the sci-fi tree is white. And then there's this little tree that's oh, the, Liberace, tree. the Liber Liberace, oh, Liberace tree. Liberace tree. And then upstate is the traditional Christmas tree. That one's green, and it has all the tinsel and the normal. Does he put all of these up? Yep. Do you, or do you participate? Oh, no, I do not. What do you do? Oh, I read or I, I do anything. Are you there with him while he's decorating? I, I help take the boxes down, but I'm not really allowed to do this because he knows that I have that. a very slipshod thought process. Because I would say, I think I'll devote... And I know that Garrett will probably in, uh, agree with me on this. I'll devote um, 10 minutes to Christmas. All right, I can give to Christmas 10 minutes. I'll throw a couple. And Bob knows that if I said I'm going to give Christmas 10 minutes, he's going to get a 10-minute-looking tree because his trees take hours to put together. Oh, I want you to take pictures of this. I know, Garrett. Garrett, you agree with me. You, you, you wouldn't even give Christmas 10 minutes. Reluctantly, you know, a girlfriend makes you do it. Like, <laughs> well, I was going to ask I you, sit you... there and, like, pass her ornaments kind of thing. <laughs> you have a tree? She makes us get one, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Garrett, we sound the same. This is exactly... <laughs> she... But then there's long pause. I guess who has to pick it up, you know? You do. You do. Yeah. The, yeah. the night she's out, I have to go three avenues over and put it in the laundry cart and wheel it all the way home. You're such a Scrooge. Oh. John, and it all does is get dry yeah. and make a mess, and then it's annoying getting it out of the house. And, and oh. guess who has to Fire vacuum up the dead needles? I bet Garrett does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, trust me. I think John, if he had his choice, would be Jewish. Put the menorah, boom, boom. be done. I you like know, the tree. I like getting into it. I always, I always thought the Charlie Brown tree had it right. Yeah. The little, the little thing with the red bulb on, done. Just put, pull it out of the box and put it on. I will say this. As much as I love Christmas, I'm not sure I'm putting a tree up this year. I have a sil little silver one I used to put up, and then I put up the big one. And I'm just, I, I, I didn't want to take it down last year. I was in no mood to take it down. And you have to take it down. The, look, Although I went to a party once here in Manhattan, and the people had their tree up. Took a sheet off? March. <laughs> it was the end of February, like the first weekend in March, and they kept the tree up for everybody to see. Our neighbors upstate love, Todd and Marge, they love pointing out the houses that don't take the lights off. Now, it's funny because Todd thinks that's kind of not good, and Marge is not so sure now. My Christmas lights on. Because all I have to do is plug them in. Shoulder. I'm ready for Christmas. <laughs> plug goes in. And you know what? I'm actually in the camp now that says <laughs> if you spend the time, like I, I once said to Bob, add up all the hours you spent over the years on trees and Christmas. I don't, no, 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 that's not the point. I'm like, no. Nah, nah. I saw the best. I'll put it on Facebook, on our, on our Facebook page. I saw the best outdoor Christmas decoration. Somebody had a cutout of the Grinch. Have you seen this? No. So it's a, a typical suburban raised ranch house, and they run. There's a string of lights that went about five feet of the white lights along the gutter, and then they come down into the lawn, and they're hanging there, and there's a, the Grinch cutout with a bag, <laughs> like he's taking the lights out, and they said, simple yet fully decorated. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. I oh, thought it was the funniest thing. 
I love this. Isn't that a great Can idea? You buy that. Oh yeah, I'm sure you could. I'll post it. I I, I post. I saw the uh, the picture over the weekend, but <laughs> in, in my Google search. But oh. I just thought it was so brilliant because you didn't have to have lights all over the house. It Anybody was, who knows the it was Grinch, as if the Grinch had taken everything down and just everything. had five lights left to do. Because you know, in the in the Grinch who stole Christmas, there's I think they left one ornament in Whoville, yeah. and it was rolling around on the floor. But I mean, that that is smart. Yeah. That's smart. Is that it there? Oh my God, that is it. There's one where it's actually lit. There, there's one where he's actually. There's another picture where it's actually the bigger bulbs that they do where it's lit, but um, so you can see it at night. Garrett, that's that very would, funny. Look, so Garrett, Garrett actually just put up on the feed a, them, yeah. a, a, a Grinch that. Does, what a clever idea! That's a great idea. So wow. listen, as we go into December, our favorite month of the year. Favorite month of the year. The most wonderful <laughs> time of the year. There's one there. There's another one. That, uh, I like that's the big bulb one. I like that one. Fan. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll post a couple of those because you'll you'll like them. So hey, thank you, thank you, John and Garrett. Thank you, John. Thanks to Peter Millar. John's wearing his excursionist blazer. Blazer. Thanks to our friends at Deep Discount. Be sure to go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Deep Discount logo. Start shopping away. John wants you to watch Scotty, which I can't wait to. Look, Lauren. Lauren nailed it in her description. When and it does have Scotty in the secret history of Hollywood, and it's and uh, yeah, I can't wait. To <laughs> and uh, thanks to our friends at Volkswagen, it's the year-end sales event going on right now. So be sure to go over to VW.com and find the model that uh, that suits your needs. Nobody's buying sedans anymore. Or cars. We didn't even talk about General Motors yet. Maybe we'll do that on TFG on Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Tune in on Tuesday for TFG on Button. We'll tell you all about the auto industry. <laughs> everyone, everyone, have a good week. Oh, don't text and drive. Arrive alive. <laughs> they, they purposely kept the music going for that one. It's the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.